1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. Joining me on Level Up this week is Joe Sutton, Director of Guild Academy, who's had previous experience in the Football Youth Academies at Arsenal, Manchester United and Brentford. Joe, I really appreciate you coming on today to chat with me all things esports and a bit of football as well, maybe in there as well. Um, How are you doing, first of all?
0: Yeah, really good. Thank you, Nathan, and really appreciate the invite. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it. I am new to esports, and so your podcast has been a great source of education, and uh, I've really enjoyed listening. So... Also, uh, very grateful to be invited. Thank
1: you. Thanks very much, Joe. I really appreciate the kind words. Really excited to to chat with you because looking through your experience, obviously at Arsenal, Manchester United and Brentford, obviously I'm a massive football fan as well as being a a huge game and an esports fan as well. So combining my two biggest passions and... um, yeah, really interested to, to hear what you've got to say in regards to your career in esports so far and what you think of it. But let's start with Guild, first of all, and your role. Can you just explain a bit about when you joined Guild, how that came around and what exactly your role entails?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, Guild is is really unique and uh, and unlike anything I've seen before in terms of esports and, and creating a, a youth academy. So we've got a, a tremendous... I guess, foundation and a tremendous philosophy around how Guild wants to approach esports in general. And when I heard about the project to lead an academy setup and for it to be created and developed in a way that is very similar to that of a traditional sports or even a Premier League football academy, uh, it was really intriguing and just a great, great project to, to be involved in. And I'm very, very passionate about youth development, and it can come in many different facets. And in my previous experiences, it was very much geared around football. So working with young people who are incredibly passionate about the sport of football, who loved learning and really wanted to progress as far as they could within their careers. My job as a coach or somebody that worked in Talent ID was really to facilitate that journey and provide them with the right support to enable them to maximise their potential. And I'm doing exactly the same. I'm just doing it to young people who are really passionate about esports. And it's, there are obviously some very obvious differences, but there are also some very obvious similarities in which these young people, generally young teenagers, uh, want to do something that they love doing. Uh, and learn and, and, and improve themselves at the same time. And the Guild Academy provides me with the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, very excited to do it. And uh, and we're, we're in our early days, but uh, we're making some fantastic strides too.
1: Yeah, there's a real football connection with Guild, isn't there? Because obviously David Beckham's the owner of Guild and he's spoken openly about how he benefited from the academy structure when progressing at Manchester United with the Class of 92. I mean, was that part of the reason why because in esports at the moment, there's there's a lot of pro players, but there's there's not like a lack of real progression really, where there's there's a place for young players to go to learn their trade to improve. It's just kind of you know if you're good and you get spotted, it's like you're lucky really. Whereas there's not really that kind of system in place. Is that is that one of the reasons why Guild moved into creating the academy system?
0: One hundred percent. I think first and foremost, Guild wants to provide that uh, their own unique path to pro and their own support mechanism and framework to allow young people to excel in the world of esports and something that hasn't ever been done before. So that is that is super exciting. And I think, yeah, David Beckham is a fantastic role model uh, for for young people and parents within the country. And, And he's offered fantastic advice and guidance when it comes to his own story and his own background. And he's actually really supported and guided my own beliefs when it comes to youth development. And obviously, David is a parent of of young children who are uh, very much involved in in esports and gaming more on a casual level. But absolutely, he understands what it takes to not only be a professional at the highest possible level but he also understands from a parent's perspective how to support his children and how actually he's taken a different look in the world of esports and provides Guild and and all of its staff with a tremendous uh, amount of support and uh, guidance from him
1: and in all your previous experience within football your vast experience at Brentford Arsenal Manchester United you you ID talent you develop talent how do you do that How do you actually spot talented players and develop them? And how does that correspond with what you're doing at Guild?
0: Yeah, speaking exclusively about my football experience, and I'll I'll try, Nathan, to then translate it into esports. But from a football perspective, it's very much about having core fundamentals from a club philosophy in the way in which you view talent and how you want to develop it so brentford manchester united and arsenal all have very different ways in which they wish to do that and how they want to create that pathway and the relevant support and guidance that they want to provide to the young people in order for them to represent the club at the highest level further down the line so it actually is um while you know you could say well we want good footballers and we want good human beings and we want people that can play Um, at the highest level of intensity. And we want people that are going to make good decisions under high pressure situations. That's pretty obvious across the football world. But there are certain characteristics of maybe a young person at Arsenal that would be different to that of a young person at Brentford. So the club very much sets its own philosophies and recruitment uh, criteria, I guess, when you're looking at young people. And then that informs your development pathway. And the development pathway for me in my previous experience has always been an individual one. So football is quite strange in that it's a team sport, but actually it's not a team that progresses. So when the current Manchester United first team all retire, they're not replaced with the under 21s or the under 23s. So in a strange way, academy football is an individual sport. And so it becomes, from a development perspective, how you support every individual and how you tailor their learning to meet their individual needs. And so eSports will will work within the Guild Academy in exactly the same way. We will have individuals when they're identified and and let's say scouted, um, and they show high levels of potential and maybe the criteria or the, um, the characteristics maybe that Guild would be looking for. We'll then take a personalised approach to supporting those young people. And that will come in the way of coaching. That will come in the way of uh, holistic support from our multidisciplinary team. It will also come in the way of different competition. So just because I'm a 14-year-old Fortnite player and my duo partner is also a 14-year-old Fortnite player, our career and our development opportunities might be very different based upon our age and our stage of learning. So that's definitely a key similarity that I learned in my time as a uh, as a professional in academy football. That I will take my learning and my experience into that of the esports world, and, and specifically with Guild.
1: When Guild approached you to be the director of their academy system, what what was your first thoughts on it? And what had you had you been involved in esports before, or you watched anything? Or
0: my my first initial thought was. I wish something like this was available when I was 11 or 12 Um, (laughs) because I think like every young person, almost every young person, there is some element of gaming that takes place within their life, whether that's like me, I was grew up in a single parent family. So there wasn't, um, you know, Playstations or Xboxes for, for in the, uh, in the household or accessible so it was more about a pastime for me and being able to play with friends or maybe over at their house or um or a birthday party that type of thing and as i progressed gaming became more of a part of my life and uh you know my my early days was very much golden axe on the sega mega drive and streets of rage and i think then i kind of progressed to to championship manager in my later life and god knows the amount of hours that i've uh, I'm not going to say wasted that I've spent on uh, on Championship Manager. You and me, both, um, Joe. You and me, both. <laughs> and and so I think it's very new. It's very innovative. And what I love about the Guild project is that they're not they're not afraid to be pioneering and they're not afraid to to go and tread new ground. And I think that's what what really intrigued me about this project. And I I am aware, obviously, of the the stereotypes that are unfairly labelled towards uh, gamers and, and young people that, that are passionate about uh, esports. And so we really want to change that narrative. And esports is a fantastic way to engage with young people. We, we've got a platform that has extremely limited barrier to entry. In fact, quite the opposite. The accessibility of the, our academies is, is truly fast and it gives us the opportunity to engage with young people all around the world to provide them with an opportunity to level up in their respective game and, and even in their life as well.
1: Thanks for getting our podcast name in there as well. I like that, how you mentioned level up. That was that was nicely done. Lovely segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you say barrier to entry because if you look at... I mean, it's it's, it's well-renowned, I suppose, that within football and, and other sports as well, you look at Formula One, for example, there's huge barriers to entry in that there's so many people, so many young people who want to become a professional footballer or a Formula One driver or whatever it may be, a, a professional sports person, and only a select few ever make it to a certain level, and there's so many different paths to go through but they're they're very they're very hard and we often hear don't we from youth academies about young players who don't make the grade and they get cut even though they've spent their their whole young life trying to work towards a goal and then it's kind of cut short but with esports I mean anyone with a console if they're talented enough anyone with a console that's all all you need really to to be able to practice that you don't really need you know, you don't need a wide open space or you don't need to join the right team or you don't need to have the right manager who plays a, the right style of football for you or there's a very, it's a very open feel, isn't there, to esports?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, I think if I use the football context, you know, if I lived somewhere in South America, let's say, and I was a Manchester United fan and all I ever dreamt about was playing for the Manchester United Academy, logistically, that, that's just not possible Um, I'm never going to be scouted as a 9, 10, 11 or even a 15 year old to to go on and play for Manchester United at at that particular age. The restrictions are as such from, from FIFA in that when I reach my 18th birthday, maybe that opportunity, those doors would open for me to move to Europe and potentially Manchester United in the future. But that's when you're a young adult at 18 years of age. The opportunity for you to do that anything earlier than 18 doesn't exist for young people. Um, so those those barriers to entry are immediately there in a football context. And obviously you mentioned about, you know, you need 20, 21 other mates to play an 11-a-side game. Um, you obviously need the facilities and the coaching. Whereas what's truly unique about the Guild Academy is that Anybody with a console or access to a console or or, a gaming setup and an internet connection, you can be part of the Guild Academy. So that really gives us a global reach. And not only does it give us a global reach, you can do that from the comfort of your own home or your own setup. And you can then have access to world-class coaches within your specific game. So let's say it was a a Fortnite. Let's use that as as another reference point. We have world-leading Fortnite coaches who can help you improve your gameplay, who can provide you with some knowledge and insight around specific strategies, who can allow you um, to to conduct a game review within our platform and allow our coach to interact with you on a personal level and provide you with some video analysis and maybe some hints and tips going into your next tournament. And then we can also, in the same platform and for the same individual, provide them with nutritional advice. And psychological support and support around their physical well-being because we know that the better you are as a healthy individual, the better gamer you can become and the better better person you beca- can become further down the line. And I know you touched upon it. I think the opportunity to play at the highest level as an esports player is statistically harder to do so than even as a professional footballer just due to the vast numbers of participation. So there's some crazy stats around 0.01% of academy players within the UK will go on and play at the highest level within the Premier League uh, in in England. And so, again, statistically, the chance of you progressing to become a world-class Esports athlete or playing at the highest level, it, the stats are hugely up against you. So we know within the guild within the guild academy that we're far more likely to be working with and educating a future employee um, rather than a future esports player. So we have that approach where we're developing young people on a holistic level. We're providing them with great insights and great education, and using esports as the tool to inspire them and also educate them so that they know when they leave the Guild Academy, they have the skill sets to be a success in later life. We can provide them with career and industry advice, maybe how to write a CV or how to prepare for an interview, because we know that esports is so vast in terms of opportunities outside of that as just a professional. So I think there's going to be far more likely that we're going to develop young people who will come in and work for Guild or work for other organisations or generally have a career within the esports ecosystem, thanks to their opportunity and their development within the Guild Academy. So that's something that is really, really exciting, knowing just how vast our reach is and how much of a difference we can make in in young people's lives.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? Because when a, a young footballer is released from an academy, there's not really many where to go is there apart from like another team if they're looking for for someone else or if they want to go into coaching but again football coaching is a really competitive industry as well but because of the burgeoning esports industry I suppose there's loads of opportunities for these young people like you said if, if they don't reach the highest level which the majority aren't going to do There's opportunities out there for them at Guild or another organisation in another role. Uh, There's these roles available where there's maybe not enough people to to fill up the roles due to the the burgeoning of the industry itself.
0: Yeah, I, I would say some football clubs and certainly the three that I've had the privilege of working for, they really understand the challenges of breaking into that first team. And so there's a real conscious effort to support those young people. Uh, irrespective of where their outcome will eventually be. Yes, the goal is to always try and prepare young people for a future in professional sport. But we know in, in order to do so, they've got to have a high level of resilience. They've got to have an understanding of their place within the local community they have to have a a respect and an understanding of their teammates and how to collaborate and maximize the output from the team perspective so those are skill sets that are really really vital even if you don't become a professional footballer or a professional athlete and so that career support and that career advice is really really important to the work that we're doing here at Guild and we're we're blessed with a fantastic cohort of staff, some really, really great individuals working all the way across the esports spectrum. And that vastness is, is really inspiring to know that wherever you are as a esports player and the level that you can play at and compete at, actually those skill sets that you're developing as that esports player within your games, within your teams, within the Guild Academy is going to provide you with a great platform to progress in later life if you don't succeed as a as a future professional which obviously we want them to do and want to empower them to be able to do that um but but statistically speaking it's going to be uh, pretty difficult and and uh few and far between will go on and have you know careers at the very very highest level
1: that's really interesting. And one of the things about esports is that within the actual industry, there's loads of different titles, isn't there, that you can compete in. So, for example, Guild has, has four esports teams at the moment, teams in Fortnite, Valorant, Rocket League, and FIFA as well. When you're looking for individuals or when you're trying to spot individuals for these teams, with your experience in football you're looking for certain like you said before you're looking for how they make decisions under pressure their technique you know versatility different positions i suppose you're looking for different different things is it the same with each of these sports and is there anything that you're looking for that is consistent across all these sports or esports that you're that you're looking for in particular at guild
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And the closest similarity that I could draw from a traditional sports perspective would be clubs like Barcelona. So Barcelona has a handball club or a handball team, basketball team. I believe it has a hockey team, a male football team, and obviously a female football team. And so the talent ID, let's call it criteria or characteristics that you might look for uh, from the club. There might be some that, that are staple to the club in terms of what their expectations are from their professionals across every one of those sports to represent Barcelona. But obviously, they're going to differ dramatically based upon the sport that you're playing um, and, and the skill sets that are going to be required to maximise your potential within that sport. And so I think that translates quite nicely into esports because the skill set of a, a Fortnite player differs dramatically to that of, let's say, a Rocket League player or a Valorant player um, or even a FIFA player, obviously. So they're all very much very different. And so that's that's where the in-game experts will lead and drive the Uh, the characteristics that we would be looking for, whether it was a particular role that you played within the Valorant team, let's say, um, or whether it was to to meet the needs of a specific strategy of our Rocket League team. So that's very much in-game focused. And I think when we talk about characteristics to represent Guild, it, it really comes down to how they can perform at the highest level in order to represent our team. We know that we want to compete in the the highest possible tournaments in a gl- on a global stage and so in order to be able to do that you have to be a great teammate you have to be able to communicate really well you have to be coachable you have to be able to perform under pressure you have to be able to regulate your emotions in those high uh, high pressured moments going into a final for example so those are those are some examples of some characteristics or non-negotiables let's say in order to represent guild everything else comes then down to the in-game experts and how you balance a squad and, and the different differing needs that you may have in, in your specific eSports. So we're just very much scratching the surface for that in Guild. And we've got a really nice um, period where both myself and the director of eSports can now really start to align what that Guild coaching philosophy looks like and also what that talent ID criteria and, and characteristics um, framework looks like so that we can start to then Look at the early signs that you might see in a a twelve or thirteen year old individual in order to help garner them and nourish them and and provide them with the right support in order to maximise their potential later down the line.
1: And obviously coming from football into esports, and you've only been involved in esports for for a, a short amount of time, has the in esports industry and the players you've worked with so far and the the players that you've looked at and working with have they surprised you with their their skill and their mental performance
0: i came with very um very much open eyes to to understand esports. like you said i, I i've not been involved professionally within esports um, ever before. October was the first time that I started. My 15 years previously had been spent purely in youth development and specifically football across the, the clubs that you mentioned. and uh, And so I've seen a really diverse and wide range of skill sets across all of the players that I've ever worked with, both male and female. And I've also been very fortunate enough to have coached in something like 18 different countries, I think, at the last count. And so My answer to your question, no, I wasn't surprised when I saw the skill sets of these young people. I wasn't surprised when I saw some of their characteristics and mental traits. But I I was surprised to see just how high young people can perform at and how actually what esports, the beauty of esports is that you could have a, let's say, a 13 or 14 year old and they can be competing on the highest stage you know the, the European Championships just the other night you wouldn't have there wouldn't be a 14 year old in the country that could have gone on and played in the England team and, and tried to compete with Italy just it just isn't possible however from an esports world you could absolutely have a 14 year old world champion and then actually that's that's certainly not um, not too unusual and, and you could also have you know a 13 a year old competing against you know, seasoned professionals and seasoned veterans. So that's that's super exciting to know that that talent exists. It exists here in the UK, and we as Guild want to be at the forefront of that talent pathway and and provide those young individuals the right platform and the right coaching and the right challenges to to really enhance their their journey and their development and and excel them, accelerate them to to the top ranks.
1: You said you've. Scouted players in a, a number of different countries in your football career, and you must have looked at thousands, if not tens of thousands, of different players over a lot of different countries. Is there is there a buzz that you get when you when you see someone who's you think hang on a minute they're they're pretty special? And have you had that moment in esports yet?
0: I don't think I don't think you could be a scout or work in youth development. And not have that feeling. Um, I, As I say, I, I count myself incredibly lucky and incredibly fortunate to have had the opportunities that I have and to also have worked with the players that I have. Um, and, and that feeling will never go away. And it's interesting because the feeling of working with a young person and seeing them perform at the highest possible level and... Is, is incredibly rewarding. It, it's absolutely fantastic. But I've also had similar experiences and the same level of personal gratitude when I've spoken to a parent um, just recently, actually. There was a young girl who I coached in America for a few years, about three or four years, and I did some private coaching with her and, and her family. And the dad reached out to me, and this young lady is, is in her 20s and, and studying at university. And her father reached out to me and said, "Do you know what you've you've never um kind of feels like you've never left our family. We've still got pictures of of you coaching the girls' team when they were eight or nine years old, and we're we're so grateful for our opportunity to have uh to have been coached by you and and that feeling you know never never leaves you and there have been some individuals in esports who I'm incredibly excited to have begun to work with and to provide an opportunity for and to maybe play, play a part in, in their lives that I can lead them on uh, or help them, should I say, and empower them to go on a journey that allows them to fulfil their potential. And, and whether that is as an esports professional um, or whether that is as a professional within, within the industry, or maybe even they go on to, to something else, I still truly believe that the Guild Academy can, can really enhance a young person's life if they're interested in esports. And that's that's a, a, a really great privilege, but it's also a tremendous responsibility because you have to place these young people at the centre of everything that you're doing. And it doesn't become about, oh yeah, we want to win the most trophies and we want to beat our rivals. It actually becomes down to a much harder question of: Are you doing what's right for these young people at their current age and stage of development? And that's yeah, that's that's really really exciting for sure.
1: I can see how rewarding that could be. I mean, my only experience of that is like you said on Football Manager, you know, trying to develop a young player in my academy and giving them some game time. And I can't even imagine what that feeling's like in real life. And when you strip everything back, no matter the similarities or the differences between esports and traditional sports, at the end of the day, what what you're doing is you're, you're getting a talented individual and you're helping them get better as a person and as an athlete. And that must feel so good when you watch that progression gradually over time and you feel like you're you're making an impact on their life and improving them and then when they achieve their goals or you know they achieve a milestone or they get to a certain level in their career and you've played a part in that I can't imagine there's any better feeling than than helping a young person grow into something and helping them achieve something
0: yeah and I don't want to focus too heavily on that that the outcome um, and the outcome being at the highest level, because what's great about the Guild Academy is that it, it, it's representative of a community program as much as it is as an elite environment. So, again, using football as an analogy, you know, the clubs that I've worked for have had their own soccer schools. They've had their own community outreach programs. They've offered uh programs for children with disabilities or or learning difficulties. And the Guild Academy does exactly those things. And so we're not just focused on the elite players and the ones who have the potential to play at the top. Actually, we want to make a difference in everybody's life. We want everybody to level up. We want everybody to get that opportunity. And so no matter your age, no matter your ability level, um, you know, gaming is uh gender neutral it's age neutral you know you can have able bodied individuals competing against less able bodied individuals you know it's it's a it's a really great level playing field and guild academy is geared up and and Designed in a way that it can support and maximise everybody's potential. So yes, we, you know there, there'll be some great stories in the future when we're going to have guild professionals that have gone through that that player pathway and our path to pro, and they've come out and represent guild and have a, a, a great career and bring us home lots of trophies. That that inevitably will happen in the future but there are going to be the other 99.9% of our users who we engage with and interact with, who don't get that opportunity. And can, can we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, we've given them an equal opportunity and we've given them a fantastic um, platform to use esports in a really, really positive way. And it can have a really great impact in their life. So yes, I love, I love the, the, the impact that I've been able to have on, on those elite players, let's say, and those boys that I've I've coached previously and worked with previously that have gone on to play for some of the England youth teams, that's tremendously rewarding. But those who haven't had that chance but have still excelled in their life based upon maybe the small impact that I've had as, a, as an individual within that growth, that that's equally as rewarding for sure.
1: Drawing on your vast experience in football, obviously we talked about it a lot, and your experience within esports at the moment, could you just... Talk about the similarities between esports and traditional sports and some of the biggest differences as well that you found.
0: Yeah, sure. I think youth development is is done in a way where you have to understand the individual. And and I think I touched upon this earlier where, you know, you really want to support them through what are inevitably some some tough challenges throughout that that kind of adolescence growth spurt both physically and cognitively and where they are within their personal lives you know esports and gaming can can really be um a a fantastic outreach and, and a fantastic opportunity for for young people to enter into that space of of enjoyment and freedom and so the experts that we've brought on on uh within the Guild Academy you know we've got leading welfare and safeguarding experts we've got leading sports psychologists, leading nutritionist strength and conditioning coach and a physiotherapist and every single one of those has worked within elite sport at a very very high level some even at the highest level working with Olympic athletes and rally driving and professional cricket and professional football and so that brings a really great Um, knowledge base and a really great understanding about how to support young people from traditional sports. And I think it's almost identical to do so within esports. The biggest challenges I believe esports has is at the moment, there seems to be a very, um, a very early let's call it a retirement age within the professional ranks. And that could be linked to several things. You know, studies suggest that it's maybe burnout. Some Sub- studies suggest that that could be both psychological um, or physical, could be due to injury. So we've got a really, really um, important role to play that it could be something as basic as the height of your screen to a, a 13-year-old when he's setting his setup. If his screen is too low, Potentially, he's placing too much strain on his eyes. And if he continues to play, you know, excessive amounts, let's say, when that, that's obviously a risk. If he continues to play high amounts of uh, of games competitively at home, both, you know, within the Guild Academy or, or in his own time, there is risk that there could be long-term effects there. In the same way that traditional sports, actually, um, in, in my previous experience, we would Actively encourage individuals to go and sample and go and experience multi-sports. There's studies in place that show actually that the highest performing athletes have a, a wider base of sampling across traditional sports. And so it sounds crazy to say it, but actually, to be the best esports athlete you can possibly be, there are times when you shouldn't be doing esports. Actually, you should be doing other physical activity, maybe going to play sport with your friends maybe just going out for a run maybe going um, and trying something different within school because all of those things actually can prevent psychological burnout and can actually enhance your physical capabilities to withstand the demands of of esports and so yes we're going to take a broader approach and and, and look to support the well-being both physically and cognitively of all of our all of our members but also we're going to look at some very simple and very quick wins that are is your desk at the right height? Have you got an appropriate chair that's that's giving your you uh, the necessary support? And you know, I've I've been there. I've sat on a beanbag with some mates for a couple of hours and, and woke and, and stood up and can uh, can barely move correctly. And thought, oh god, you know. And if you're doing this for two, three, four hours at a time, and maybe for two, three, four times a week, the long-term effects can be really, really damaging. So we have to we have to um, to provide that base level support for, for everybody. Um, and that's obviously very different to, to traditional sport because traditional sport, you're not sat in a chair for, for long periods of time. You're not sat at a desk for long periods of time. Your your concentration and your your um, the need in which you have to be so precise with your movements and your concentration and your responses and your ability to read a certain map and a strategy. That's that's incredibly uh, incredibly demanding. And so, yeah, I think. I think I've probably answered your question there with a little bit of a ramble um, no, across some different touch points.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's that was absolutely fascinating um, to to hear that you, your opinion of the differences and similarities between esports and traditional sports. And it's always good to hear from a wide range of people on, on their opinions. And every time I. I speak to someone like yourself, it always kind of changes my thinking a bit as well. So it's, it's fascinating from my point of view. I'm sure our, our listeners will think the same. I just wanted to touch on something you said about concentration and we talk about mental performance quite a lot on this on this uh, show, and we've spoke to mental performance coaches before, and they talked about the similarities between traditional sports and eSports in terms of you know concentration, performing in high pressure moments. The, these are all similar things, aren't they to what you'd experience as a
0: footballer or as a
1: traditional sports athlete?
0: Most definitely, yes, most definitely. if you if you think about any any sports, uh, or, or pastime to be played at the absolute highest level. There's that mental skill set that I think differentiates the good from the great. Um, you know, we we we've seen it. I think in in every sport, you will see a simple mistake. It might be a very short putt on on the 18th green of the the Masters, and. You know, in your back garden, you could do it with your eyes closed or on the local putting green at your golf course, you you could do it with, you know, one hand. But those those opportunities uh, and those those simple things become incredibly difficult when there's when there's pressure, when there's those external factors that are out of your control. And so. That's that's absolutely very very similar um, and and almost identical to the pressures that you would see at the highest level within an esports competition. You know when the crowd is there and when there's you know a huge opportunity to win um, uh, one of the biggest prizes that maybe you've you've worked your entire life in order to get that opportunity. It's uh, it's pressure is a is a really crazy thing in in just how it impacts people and and obviously it impacts everybody differently and so what we have to do as as developers of young people is provide them with the opportunities to develop those skills and there will be times when young people fail and there will be times when they get it wrong but that's all the learning journey that you have to go through in order to get it right in the in the most crucial moments and so we'll be placing high challenges in 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 the way of our young people in, in terms of both competition in, in esports, but also out of competition. You know, we, we're working on an ambassador program here at Guild where our young people will get the opportunity to deliver presentations and work on uh, projects to help guide and uh, and, and structure uh, future future involvement within the academy so future projects and they'll even be presenting to the guild staff on uh, on specific areas so when we talk about diversity and inclusion we're placing that in the hands of our young people our academy members and that's all done with a developmental focus because they are going to get it wrong they are going to make mistakes and by providing that high challenge you have to provide that high support as well and it's all geared around being ready when the moment comes in in the most uh, in the most important of times or the most important competition.
1: I do want to touch on as well the fact that esports obviously has has come into more of the mainstream over the last eighteen months. Obviously, with the pandemic, you know we, we've all suffered. Um, everyone in the world has suffered from from this. And we mentioned uh, before we we spoke that one of the the few positives to come out of it is the fact that esports and game as a whole has been thrust into the mainstream, but And esports is something that you can do remotely, which which is something that traditional sports aren't, but obviously able to do. And we saw in the early stages there was a virtual Grand Prix series, there was the FIFA tournaments, there was the football manager stuff that was going on. And what what I also want to touch on as well is the social aspect of gaming because there's there's a huge difference between esports and gaming in that you know there's a like you said zero point one or one percent of players who, who play games. Are that talented? And it's just like you know, if you if you're playing football with your mates on a field, it doesn't it it doesn't mean that you're trying to become the best player in the world. You just you're just playing to have fun, and there's a whole industry out there the gaming industry where you're you're playing to have fun and you're socializing with your mates and you don't have to go outside you can you can speak to someone from the other side of the world if you want to you can play call of duty or Fortnite or fifa with with people who wherever they are do you think that's just the magic of being involved in this industry is that you can have that social aspect without being in the same room as the other person
0: yeah most definitely i think the way in which friendships and and socializing as a um as a young person it it, it's changed it's modernized and and we're not here to say you can't do those things and go outside and play with your schoolmates actually it's about doing those things but in a safe way and ensuring that you know from a guild perspective we are um we're we're treading our own path in terms of safeguarding and ensuring that we are standardised in in the highest uh, the highest possible way, with experts ranging across that whole space, both in internet safety and online um, online protection, and, and and within our own way. So ensuring that those steps are taken, absolutely, you can you can go ahead and and become part of you know the guild Discord and engage with all of the, all of those uh, like minded individuals all across the world. And it was really interesting actually that our our academy platform, when it launched, I think in the first 48 hours we had something like 2,000 signups in the first 48 hours, and out of those 2,000, we actually had 23 different countries represented. So within the first 48 hours, we're we're engaging with young people, and you've got young people from South America, all across Europe, uh, all into the Middle East, and even those in in Australia and uh, and, and Japan as well. And so, you know, that they're, they're all coming together and they're getting the opportunity to talk in uh, in an open channel or an open forum about things that they're really passionate about and they're, and they're becoming friends and and in some cases teammates with people on the other side of the world. And that's really, really powerful.
1: I mean, it's, it's the power of, of gaming to me in that you can, you can be in another place, but you can, you can still have that social aspect with someone. I know I've reconnected with people and, um, that I haven't spoke to in a while, um, just playing games and just, it, it doesn't mean you have to be the best sometimes. There's a whole different side of gaming. I don't know the esports industry is, is huge and I respect it hugely as well. But in terms of the social aspects... It's. It's. I think it's magic. The fact that we can we can attract a, anyone from from any walk of life, and you know, there's not there's not many young people out there who don't know what Fortnite is or what Call of Duty is and what FIFA is. So it, it's a great way to connect with people, and you know, for the people that are absolutely fantastic at a particular title Esports is an industry where there's the opportunities there and guild sounds like a a, a great place for you to develop your skills if you're if you're lucky enough to be part of their academy and under your under your guidance joe um i think what you said in terms of how you develop them and how you look to you know develop them as as humans not only as athletes i think that's it's uh it's something you should be proud of yeah
0: thank you very much nathan i mean we're as I say, we're fortunate to be given this opportunity to work with young people. I think anybody that does that as a teacher or as a coach should should always be very grateful about the opportunity that you have to impact their lives. And Guild has, has proved a, a fantastic place for, for me to work within and, and for the support and um both from a a resources perspective and a financial one guild really wants to make a difference and and leave a legacy within esports and and provide a great future and a great foundation for it moving forward and i'm I'm incredibly proud to be part of this organization and and to be the leader of the academy and who knows what the future holds we've made a, a really exciting um amount of progress in a very short space of time. As I say, I've only been with Guild since October. So just over six months now and and the company itself, the organization itself is is only just a year. So we've got a really bright future. We've got a, a headquarters that's coming imminently, in the UK and uh, and that will give us some, some even more opportunities to work with people in, in a live setting and be able to live stream our coaching sessions to go uh, all across the world. So yeah, really exciting time I think to be part of the UK esports scene. And I think Guild is, is there to provide a great opportunity and, uh, and and really great place where young people can come and learn and, and engage and and be part of a, a fantastic community.
1: You mentioned right at the start. You mentioned like Sega Mega Drive. You mentioned Championship Manager and stuff. Have you have you had a go at these at these uh these games? Fortnite, Valorant, FIFA, Rocket League. Have you had a, a blast on them or?
0: It's it's on my to do list. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's interesting because we we have been in obviously quite quite a strange situation. So I joined Guild in October. I I think there are still members of the of the team and of the. Of the company, who I'm yet to meet, um, just purely based on the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So there's been lots of uh, online communication and lots of uh, lots of socials in a in a virtual world. Um, and I haven't yet picked up uh, my own my own setup. I haven't yet gone on. You know, well, I mean, you can't get a PS5 for love nor money at the moment. So um, so I've looked and I've attempted. But uh, but going back to the football world, you know, it would be impossible to go into an academy environment today and not be able to talk to young people about the euros final um and and talk about the tactics that were employed or specific players you know did you see that goal or did you see what happened in that that moment and so uh, my my role absolutely is to relate to young people build relationships with them earn their trust and only then can i start to to um unpick their needs and try to provide the support that they they are maybe looking for as a as a potential athlete and so yes i have to i have to immerse myself um into into those games and and uh, and become a player but doing that and being a parent and uh, and working a full time job and uh everything else that comes with daily life i've i've got to uh, i've got to negotiate my time onto a console quite uh, quite Quite hardly with uh, the with, uh, with the other members of my family.
1: No, I can understand that. I think one tip I'll give you. I'm sure you know this anyway, but if you're playing a game for the first time, I probably wouldn't play with one of your pro players. Um, we had a, a host called Marcus who used to host this podcast right way back, and I think he matched with um, Nicholas Rozek, your uh, okay. your FIFA pro. Yeah. Um and it didn't end well for him uh, at all. Uh, I think he backed him on foot champions and he absolutely smashed him. <laughs> and uh, we well, like, we've talked, to, we've talked to people before, like who are coaches or whatever who, you know, play with their player. And it, it's just it ends up embarrassing. So I would uh, get your practice in on your own when you can, when you can fit it in, and then maybe you know give them give them a, a decent game.
0: And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because the beauty of of the academy platform that we've got from yeah. a from a digital perspective is we've got um, in-game tutorials all across the uh, the esports that we compete in. So we launched with both Fortnite and Rocket League, and then we'll add Valorant and we'll add FIFA later on in the year. And we've got uh, basically a whole world of tutorial videos, um, different drills, different uh, hints and tips, all linked to the in-game development and your in-game learning. So yeah, I can literally be a member of the novice section across the the esports um the esports platform uh, and the learning platform within Guild, so I can be literally sat at home grinding away. So yeah, when the time comes that that maybe one of the pros or one of the young academy players wants to challenge me, then then maybe I've uh, I've I've got myself a skill set to to go toe to toe with them. But we shall see.
1: <laughs> That's handy, isn't it? The um, hints and tips for you. That's very handy. But um, i I suppose it's also handy having a pro player on your ranks. You can just you know give them a bell and oh what do I do here or what do I do that's quite could be quite useful in the future for you
0: yeah definitely we've got we've got some tremendous coaches um and and the young players within our rosters from a professional perspective have been incredibly supportive of the academy and I think retrospectively they're able to look back and go wow you know the the support and the guidance that's there for the young people within Guild, I, I could only wish and dream that I had that when I was younger. And how much better would I have been? So, yeah, the young pros have been incredibly supportive, and uh, and they'll be they're they're actually really great role models for our future players and, and future professionals in the future. So I'll I'll certainly be uh, be tapping them up for some extra extra advice and guidance <laughs> to to improve my uh, my own gameplay.
1: I know you mentioned it before, but you just mentioned it there again. The, these guys are so young, aren't they? The, the men and women competing on esports right now. You said, you know, 14 on Fortnite, you can compete. And like the, the prize money they're playing for, they're, they're so young and they're competing. Some of them are competing at such a high level. Um, I think people like you with your experience in football and, you know, people like Delhi Ali who've joined XL, people like you guys who can really help them with that experience because, I mean, where else you, you can't, because esports has only been around for a short amount of time um, in terms of, you know, games like Valorant and Fortnite. There's not really any like 30, 40 year old Fortnite players you can go to who've been in the industry for a while. So it's good that they've, they've got people like you, you can go to and you can give them that experience to help them out.
0: Yeah, most definitely. That That's a really, um a really key part. Actually. It's interesting you brought that up, Nathan, because I think with, with David Beckham, you know, the, the longevity of, of his career and the ability to stay at the top of the your game for such a sustained period of time is so rare and 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 so remarkable and so we can absolutely tap into that knowledge and experience and I can offer the same sort of guidance from uh, my experiences within the youth academy and you know there are players who from a football perspective are borderline superstars at the age of 14 15 and by the age of 19 20 they're, they're nowhere near um where where maybe their potential could have got them. And often that can be down to, I'm not I'm not going to lay lay blame at the door solely of the financials, but it can be down to that of money. And it's it's our duty to ensure that, you know, if a young young person at the age of 14, 15 is is rewarded with a professional contract and they're they're competing for vast sums of money within their respective esport, we have to ensure that they've got the support mechanism and the trust and the guidance of some really experienced people, and that their you know their core group of both family friends and and um and staff are there to educate them and 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 provide them with the foundations to continue with the same drive and and remain humble and uh, and ultimately make good decisions, which can be hard to do when you've got you know, a, a large amount of money in your pocket and you're, you're just a teenager. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a point maybe that could have got raised in, in my earlier conversation with you is that it's very, very rare in, in any other traditional sport. I can't think of one where uh, the financial returns are so great at such an early age. And so, yeah, we've, we've really got to provide the right support and the right guidance for these young people so that they can make good choices and and feel empowered, but also have have the trust um, of those around them that, that we can a provide them with a with a really sound foundation in order to progress for the, to the highest level as a as an athlete but also they then have the ability to make the right decisions when you know those tough choices come along do I go to a party or or, or do I not and, and it can sometimes be those behaviors and those decisions that, that ultimately can impact where you end up as a as an athlete, and whether you make it to the highest level or not.
1: Yeah, I think we heard, didn't we? Like Declan Rice and Jadon Sancho were speaking before the the Euros, and they were saying they've never had a beer, they've never have, had a pint before, um, and they were saying, you know, if we win, we might they might have a pint for the first time, and he's, and that did resonate with me a bit. And thinking, how how could you have gone through life without having, you know a cheeky one here or there but such is the dedication with you know professional sports and that's matched in esports as well from my experience you need to have so so much drive and determination and and will to be able to resist those kind of temptations if you like to be the best you can be it just amazes me all the time
0: yeah and and that's why we are talking about the top you know 0.01 percent you know that's that's where Jaden Sancho and, and Declan Rice are at the moment within the football world, particularly in England. Right, if if you if you took everybody that wanted to be in their shoes and and represent the country, unfortunately, those are the sacrifices that you have to make in order to get there. And the same can be said for that of, of young esports uh, aspiring professionals. Is that those sacrifices to make it to the very very top are, are are tremendous.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's been fascinating, Joe. Honestly, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, it's been great to talk to you, and it's been. Genuinely fascinated to hear your views, coming from such a vast experience in football, to go into esports and have a short amount of time in the industry so far. But you've already got such a good grasp of of what you're looking for, and and Guild is such an exciting company to watch. It's 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 one that I think the whole esports industry has sat back and gone, "Whoa, okay, Guild are serious." Like with every new every new player they're announcing, you know, they announce you as the director of their academy. There's a number of different announcements that have been coming over the last few months. Um, Gilda, are, are pretty serious. So it's exciting time for you, and uh, wish you all the best with it.
0: Uh, thank you so much for the invitation, Nathan. I've I've really enjoyed it, and yeah, I, I've got to echo those thoughts exactly. Guild is, is super exciting, and that's really what drew me from you know 15 years in professional football um, to to move away from that world and come into this one was was one that. Uh, actually, I couldn't resist. It was a fantastic platform and a fantastic opportunity to change the the youth development structure in the UK from an esports perspective and really lay. foundations for a a tremendous future for young people and and hopefully you know the the UK esports scene will see the benefit of the work that Guild the Guild Academy are going to do for for many years to come so yeah definitely very grateful for for coming on and uh, no doubt we can provide you with an update of Academy graduates and and changes and and um, the evolution of the Guild Academy because what it looks like today certainly won't be what it looks like in 12 months' time. We're, we're continuously innovating and, and bringing together new, new opportunities for our players. So, yeah, look forward to another opportunity to speak with you and provide you with an update.
1: Thanks so much, Joe, for the chat. Really appreciate it and um, wish you all the best. Much appreciated.